Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, first day under level five of the new restrictions. We are now officially in lockdown. Hoping your morning has started off well or that you weren't one of the people that was caught up in a lot of traffic delays in some parts of the county today. Particularly, there seemed to have been a lot of traffic delays in East Cork. I know Marion was on to us already saying I was dropped my child to school in Carrigtool this morning. There was delays everywhere due to the checkpoints. Other parents who were travelling near Middleton got caught there as well. This is not like the last lockdown. We still have schools and workers are going to work, whereas the last time the majority of people were either working from home or were staying at home because their business or their manufacturing plant or their construction site wasn't opened. It is very different this time around. There's way more people at work. So there will be a lot more traffic. So when the Gardaí decide to do a checkpoint and in fairness to the Gardaí, they have been telling us, they have been warning us that there's going to be an increased visibility of Gardaí. There's going to be a lot more uh, checkpoints out there, but it's causing a bit of a nightmare. I'm assuming a lot of people were late for work and late for school this morning. So uh, you need to have a lot of patience. Jerry and Balancolic was on uh, stuck for ages. What, what, why else would I be... What, what, uh, why else would I be out on the road at 8am, says Jerry, except for going to work? But I think the Gardaí will say they want you to prove to them that your job is essential and that you're on the list of essential workers. Niall Bandon says, I work in the st- city. I got stuck at Inna Shannon this morning, late for work as a result. Surely there's a better way. Una said, schools are so good with having staggered drop-off points and now... This has been ruined as we're just after arriving all at the one time. Why? Because of checkpoints. No need. Everyone had a genuine reason to be out on the roads this morning. Siobhan on Twitter at C103 Cork. I expect the delays so I left earlier. All these people who think life will continue for them as normal despite the pandemic happening to everybody else around them are touched. Says, says, says Siobhan who's giving a warning to people. Be prepared tomorrow 
So get out of the Laba a little bit earlier and get out on the road uh, earlier. 1850 Now can I, John Paul by the way is taking calls on his own uh, today. Sadie is not uh, with us so please have patience if you're trying to get through because the phones have been extremely busy over the last number of weeks but exceptionally busy this week so have patience if the phones are ringing out it's John Paul on his own trying to take the calls so you can of course uh, text or watch because you'll get through to me here straight at the studio at 0862 103 103 and if you particularly want to talk to John Paul you can request a call back and when the phones get a little bit quieter he'll be able to uh, call you back. You can always email as well Patricia at c103.ie and the Twitter handle is c103cork and also on Facebook don't forget you can send us a private message on Facebook Messenger as well c103cork that's where we can be found on Facebook. I'm trying, I spent some time yesterday when I came off air trying to get answers to some of the questions that have been coming in since it was announced that we were moving to level five, moving to lockdown, because lockdown this time has a different feel to the last lockdown because there are a lot more services open and there are a lot more businesses still operating. But of course, retail, the bulk of retail would have closed yesterday at close of a business. So it is one of the things we are saying to people and encouraging everyone with level five restrictions now in place. It is so important that we think about keeping as much of our money as we can, about spending it uh, locally. And that's why at C103 we're asking everyone to make a huge effort to shop uh, locally, whether it's in your local store for your essentials. And then for the shops that are closed, check out and see, are they doing a click click and collect service? Are they doing an online service where they'll post out the items to you or send it out to you by uh, courier? Because remember, a thriving local economy is good for everyone. You'll obviously save time, but the important one is you're going to save local jobs. So we're asking you, please, to keep it local and thank you for keeping it local from everybody here at uh, C103 proudly supported by McCarthy Insurance Group where you can shop local for motor home business farm life and health insurance and cmig.ie for more but it is all about shopping locally but I tried to catch up on some of the questions that have been coming in during the week just tried to get to get some answers for uh, people I've just seen another question come in from a listener saying are taxis running under level 5 yes taxis are operating now again you need to check in with your local taxi service they mightn't be doing as many hours as they normally do because that's an industry that has been so so badly hit since the pandemic arrived on our shores. If my house alarm needs fixing, are they open or closed? They will be open for general maintenance like that. Just get onto your your house alarm company and someone else wants to know, is Dunn's Drapery open? I would take it that Dunn's Drapery is open if it is in the same building where you go to get your groceries. But if, as in the case in Mallow, the Dunn's where the grocery section is, is separate to the drapery. And the last time during lockdown, the drapery closed. But other dons where you go through the drapery to get to the grocery section, obviously they will remain open. Now, yesterday we had some people saying, "Can the ch- you know, tomorrow is the start of midterm. 
and the children will be off all next week. We know trick-or-treating is absolutely gone, but children will want to go out and about and play with their friends. Somebody was saying we have a green area near our house. It's normally full of children playing. Will they during this six-week lockdown, will they be allowed to go out and play? Now, under the rules and the regulations and the restrictions for Level 5, it is possible to meet with one other household in an outdoor setting. Now, that outdoor setting can't be your front or your back garden. So, yes... You could have your children going out to meet another child from another family and play out on the green or they could go to the park together. They go out somewhere for exercise. But under the regulations, they do not want gangs of children congregating outside to play. So if there's a big gang of children out on the green, they're saying again, it's a little bit like a, a, the bubble and the pod system, the way it works in school, that children would be able to play with children from one other household. And that's the way they're asking people to keep to to operate. Childminders coming into your home to look after your children, be it after school or during the day if both the parents are working. Yes, that is allowed and that does include granny looking after the children or the children being dropped to granny's house because granny is the childminder or yesterday we we had a grandmother who lives on the the border and she needs to go into the another county to look after and pick her pick up her grandchildren from school and then bring them back to their house. Yes, you're absolutely allowed uh, to do uh, that. Visits to graves. Can you go beyond your five kilometres to visit a grave? Yes, you can, because particularly when we were limited to two kilometres, we had so many people who were so upset because they couldn't go visit the grave of, of a loved one. And these were people who might go to the grave once a week. For some people, uh, they go to the grave on a daily basis and they were really upset by that. So they've very much taken that into account. So you can travel further than five kilometres to visit a, visit a grave. But then people were getting very pedantic about it and saying, does it have to be the grave of somebody I know, of somebody very close to me? Now, why are you be visiting a grave of somebody you don't know? I, I, I don't really know. But I suppose a lot of this is based on people acting in good faith. The intention is to ensure that family members can visit a graveyard wherever a close family member member uh, is buried but if you get stopped by the Gardaí and you're saying you're going to visit the grave of a, the grave of somebody I don't think they're going to get into the questions as, as to who exactly whose grave you are going to visit and how close you were uh, to that uh, person and then the issue that came in at the close of the programme yesterday about shared custody this was a dad whose children live in a different county the children are dropped to him at the weekend and then he drops them back on the Sunday evening but they're in different counties and certainly outside of the five uh, kilometre it has been suggested that in situations like that that a support bubble would almost be formed where there is shared parenting or a custody arrangement and therefore you would be able to travel between to and from each house that's if that works for a, a family like that and then somebody else was saying that she brings her children on a bus to another county to drop the kids to the fathers on a Friday night will she still be allowed to do that and public transport used for that for bringing children from one house to another house to see another parent uh, is deemed an essential travel so you would be allowed to use uh, you would be allowed to use public transport and then the bulk of the questions that came in huge number of them yesterday was to do with tradespeople and can I have tradespeople coming into my house we had everything from somebody who wanted to have a painter in somebody wanted a plumber to come in somebody else needed an electrician to come in to to fix a light tradesmen continue to operate during level 5 restrictions now it allows for the supply and delivery of maintenance and repair services to businesses and to places of uh, residence now householders are expected to hold off though on non-essential essential jobs. I don't think 
Simon Harris or anyone in the government is going to come out telling people don't dicky up your house. But if it's a non-essential job, hold off for the six, six weeks. But if there's something that really needs to be done in your home or perhaps you've already agreed for a painter to come in and, you know, paint the back room, whatever it is, you can still go ahead with that because tradespeople are allowed to operate. And then we had a couple of mothers wanting to know about dropping their children to GAA training or to soccer training and that you would need to travel more than five kilometres from your home to attend the training. That is allowed because you are allowed to take school-aged children to permitted training even if it's outside the five kilometres. Non-contact training we know continues for school, children, outdoors, pods of 15 and obviously the coaches will be allowed to travel outside the five kilometres as well. And then going to church to pray. Somebody wants to know, can they go outside the five kilometres? The church they like to attend is outside their five kilometres. If your usual or your nearest church is more than five kilometres, you may uh, travel because churches are open for personal prayer all Masses and services for all religious denominations have moved. They moved to online under level three and they remain online uh, under level five as well. And that driving tests and getting your driving license. Where will I start with this? We got a press release from the RSA. It is one of the lengthiest press releases I've seen in ever such a long time. Let me try to synopsize it for you as best I can. The driving test. You can attend your scheduled driving test appointment provided you are an essential worker provided in the provision of essential services and essential retail outlets. Now the essential uh, workers and the essential outlets it's all on the gov.ie but this now is a huge, huge list much longer than it was the last time. They're asking people if you're not involved in the provision of essential service and you already have a driving test date, they're asking people to please cancel your test appointment online using the web form provided. Don't call or don't email. But they're asking that you would give up your test date for somebody who is an essential worker. And they're saying anybody that is an essential worker can apply for a driving uh, test. But if you have an appointment and you're not an essential worker or you're not working in a retail outlet, then they're asking you, please, would you cancel your appointment and give up that space for somebody who is an essential worker? And obviously, if you need to travel to the test centre to sit your driving test, you're exempt from the level five travel restrictions of the five kilometre. And then for the NDLS, the National Driving Licence service, the office where you go to to actually get your driving licence. Again, you can attend an appointment if you are an essential worker. Again, essential services, essential retail outlets. Now, the RSA, the same with the driving test and with the NDLS to go and get your driving licence. They don't hold details that identify the employment status of the customer. So they are trusting you to be honest and truthful with them in that you're going to turn up because you are doing an essential service. Again, they're saying to people, if you've already booked an appointment and you're an essential worker, then turn up as normal. If you are not an essential worker and you have an appointment, they again are asking you if you would 
kindly cancel your appointment but you are allowed to go if you are an essential uh, worker and again the five kilometre rule doesn't come in on that one and they do say to people that when you're driving uh, to bring some you know some of your documentation with you in case you were stopped by the Gardaí you can say that you're either going for your driving test or that you're going to the NDLS to pick up your driving uh, licence. The driver theory test uh, is has not been classified as an essential service. Therefore, they have suspended the provision of the service in light of the COVID-19 restrictions under Level 5. So you can't do a driver theory test. NCT, the NCT has been identified as an essential service. I think we touched on this one yesterday. Anyone with an existing appointment to attend an NCT centre should attend as normal and is exempt from the five kilometre travel restriction. They say it will be useful to bring proof of your appointment in case you're stopped by a member of the Gardaí. And if you are an improved driving instructor, they also have been classified as providing an essential service. So approved driving instructors can continue to provide driving lessons during Level 5, but only to people who have a booking reserved to undergo a driving test. They must have an appointment for their driving test. And there was somebody yesterday who's going to be 70 in November and was wondering, did they need to have the medical in the medical search, which you don't. That got suspended until the 31st of December. But they say for those over the 70 years and over, you will be contacted directly by the NDLS and invite you to renew your licence or your permit by post. So they're, they are facilitating over 70s by saying they don't have to turn up to the NDLS. You can email the programme patricia at c103.ie and let me bring you some emails into the programme. This is from somebody who doesn't want wants their name kept private, which is fine. Hi Patricia. I recently took advantage of the mortgage break from Bank of Ireland. The purpose of it was to just help out financially in a pinch. The forms I filled out online were the easiest and the fastest I ever did. I had a phone call from a Bank of Ireland representative last week in which he outlined my new schedule for repayments. Prior to this, it was my understanding that I would pay the interest, not the principal, for the three months of the mortgage break. And then those three months repayments will be added on to the end of my mortgage, including obviously the extra interest. However, to my amazement, the Bank of Ireland representative announced that my monthly mortgage repayment would now increase by €40 Euro per month. My mortgage jumped from 597 a month to 637 And not alone that, it is to last the duration of what's left on my mortgage, which is about six years. So ultimately, me taking that three-month mortgage break is now going to cost me an additional 2000 €880. How can that be right? How can that be fair? According to Leo Varadkar, this was to help people out, not cripple them. I'm wondering if anybody else has had this experience. Thank you for keeping my name private. I am so disgusted to to think people were hoodwinked into this and the government should be ashamed putting extra money into the hands of greedy bankers. Isn't that so unfair? And I have to say, I would have thought if you were taking this mortgage break for the three months, I would have thought the very same. You pay the interest. OK, there'd be a bit of extra interest to be paid. But the three months, which would have been three in this case, 
about 1,800 euro. You know, about 600 euro a month wasn't being paid. So about 1,800 euro with the extra bit of interest that, that that's how much would have been tagged on to the end of the mortgage. But to, to cost 2,880 euro, so an extra 1,000 really over what you would have expected to pay does seem... Uh, a bit cheeky indeed and also it's a, isn't it a great way for banks to make money because you're not alone so many other people took the mortgage break particularly during the early lockdown so I think a number of people are going to get caught out with that one thank you for your email to patricia at c103.ie and then Jackie writes uh, this was listening to something that came up earlier on in the week saying hi Patricia I was listening to you speaking about people sending letters to themselves just to see the post when this was something that was highlighted as I say at the start of the week and uh, it was some older people had admitted that they are so lonely and there's nobody calls to the door so they were writing letters to themselves because it meant that the postman at least would be calling to their door just thought one of the saddest things I think I've heard about in quite some time Jackie agrees and says how tragic I don't think that this is all due though to Covid I believe there are people who are sad and who are lonely out there all the time and it's just been exacerbated by Covid restrictions I wonder is there any way we come we could come around this I know GDPR is a major issue in all of this but people need to be helped out here. I'd happily write to people if they wanted to send their name and address to me. I also wonder, is it possible to get something up and running through schools, maybe transition your classes perhaps, even fifth or sixth classes? I just think it is beyond words that in a world where communication is where it's never been before and at the touch of a button, the world is at your disposal and yet it can be so far away for so many. Uh, thanks to all at C103 for the ongoing co- great coverage. Thank you, uh, Jackie. Uh, yeah, how right is, is Jackie? Communication is there at the touch of the button for those people that can access it, but there will be a cohort of people who will not be able to access the type of com- communication that most of us have access uh, to. And I think, I think you've got you've, the idea of transition year Students or students in fifth and sixth class, wouldn't it be terrific for schools to take that on board if they could find older people who are feeling a bit isolated and started some kind of a letter writing service between the older person and young people? What a terrific idea that would be. Thank you, Jackie, for your email to Patricia at c103.ie. Hi, Simon here. As you know, Cork has a host of local and world-class brands and it's a super city for shopping. Right now, we are asking you once again to make every effort to shop locally. We'd be delighted if you could do your shopping right here in Cork. Because a thriving local economy is good for everyone. You can make it better. Shop locally and you'll save time, you'll save money and you'll help to save local jobs. Supported by McCarthy Insurance Group, where you can shop local for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Support your own right now. And thank you from all of us at C103. Just on mortgages, uh, Michael reacting to that lady who contacted us who took the mortgage break and then couldn't believe that her mortgage has gone up and what she's ultimately going to end up paying the bank back just for taking that bit of a mortgage break during the first lockdown. Michael says, I took that mortgage break too. Mine was €470. It's now gone to €680 to pay pay it back a month. It doesn't help at all. It has actually made the situation worse. I thought the very same same as that lady who contacted you on the email. I thought they were doing it to help us out. I'm, by the way, with Permanent TSB, where she was with Bank of Ireland. So it's across all of the banks. So instead of 
helping people or are they doing they're just crippling people shame on the banks 1850 now earlier this week in a conference call with business leaders the Thornish that Leo Varadkar said it is unlikely that pubs and restaurants will open before Christmas to get the rea- reaction to the news from the Restaurant Association of Ireland I'm joined by Mike Ryan of the Corn Store and Cockbull Restaurants uh, Good morning to you Mike Morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. As as an in- industry, had you expected that in six weeks' time, when we would come out of level five, that you'd be able to be back up and start trading again and have some run at Christmas? We did, and we believe we didn't think we'd be operating as we were before uh, level three was implemented. Uh, level three plus was implemented, and uh, we, we we were expecting some restrictions when we got to re- got to reopen at the end of these the six weeks. But we did not expect that uh, we'd be back outside for December, which, you know, I think we all know that that's not really a realistic uh, prospect for any most businesses, to be honest. And especially, you know, it's the busiest time of the year for the hospitality sector. One third of the year's profits are made out of December, which carry you to through uh, January, February, even into March. Uh, if you don't have that coming into the new year, some people are suggesting that it's just better off not opening and trying to batten down the hatches as best as possible. And that's what the Thornish City of Varadkar was, was intimating, that we'll come out of level five, please God, in six weeks' time, and that it will go, we'll go back then to level three until the new year. And level three was where you guys were allowed outdoor dining for just 15 people though, wasn't it as well? You couldn't yeah, have more was, than 15 people? No, it was 15 people. But the problem is that it wasn't level three because level three as what was in the Living with COVID plan was reduced seating, in, more uh, uh, more restricted seating inside. It was only the three plus oh, part of it yeah. was the... Um, out, that basically, in the, for the last few weeks, Patricia, we were operating in level four. That's where the uh, restaurants and bars were operating in. They call it three plus, but it was actually, that was in the plan was four. So if they say that we're coming back as three, as they have outlined a, a, a few months, about a month or more ago, then we will have dining inside. But the, realistically, it is, there's no appetite to have uh, pubs or restaurants. Well, pubs anyway at Christmas, and there's very little appetite for restaurants as well be operating uh, around that time of the year because we're closed for six weeks but to what end you know like for the hope that people can meet again for Christmas and then we'll all shut down again at the end of January and February you know it's not it's not a proper it's not a proper plan and like even in most European countries and even in the UK UK on level three which is their highest level restaurants still stay open you know, I think, and I know that this morning an awful lot of people in retail have woken up and they don't have jobs. But the, real, the reality is that we've been, since we've reopened uh, in, in uh, the restaurant industry, you know, a lot of people still haven't got their jobs back. You know, we, we started off pre-COVID between the two restaurants in Cork City with 90 people uh, who were with us for a long time. And as of last night, I've only 10 left, you wow. know. Wow. And because we're going into, uh, at the moment, we've, we're going to consolidate into one restaurant and do take takeaway, uh, but we'll do takeaway from both restaurants out of one. 
just to, we, so we'll have the offering of both restaurants, corn store and cockpit, but we'll be operating out of one um, to see if we can sustain the jobs that we have and make, make it work. And do you know at this stage if that will be financially viable? Well, the last time it wasn't, um, but there are different uh, there's there's different subsidies in place now that might help. Okay, and it all depends on what happens. Is the like the last time it was summertime, people had the appetite to go and get a takeaway or get some takeout food from us and others, and uh, have it in the garden, and and that that. But we're in a different time of the year now. Um, it's going to get, it's getting dark a lot sooner. Um, it's cold and miserable, and the appetite maybe on a Friday, but Friday or a Saturday night won't stay in most restaurants. To be totally honest, um, you need a bit of business through the week, and also that we're city centre based. A lot of people are confused on the five kilometre. Mm. You know, if you're in Glenmire, can I go into town to pick up meals? Well, uh, yes, and, and yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, get that to get that message out to people. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah, and, and like we will be doing delivery and. Within about two weeks, I think we'll have our own delivery people going out. So the last time we found that there was an awful lot of demand for um, Brack Cormac, Watergrass Hill, um, Balancholic, you know, and we we had we had companies, but there was the distance was too. They were charging the distance had to be charged. We found it was just the charge was too high. So we're going to try and do it ourselves to bring it back a bit and make it more feasible for people. You know, if we can make that happen, it's insurance issues and everything else, the usual. Um, so, you know, we're going to try and make it work. But the problem is, right here and now, looking at what's coming down the road, we're all wondering why we're in this. Why, what, what is the plan? Because we seem to be operating without a proper plan. Um, we woke up this morning and, like, a lot of people in retail and hospitality, and we're just basically told we're not essential. The list of people that are still able to work is still huge. The country still needs to move on. I, I strongly believe that. Um, and the reason that, you know, I understand the dangers of this virus. I have my own, haven't seen my own dad properly since March. He lives alone. My wife, same as her man, um, is isolating since March. We know the risks, but it's up to people to be careful in how they interact with people. And it's not being the interactions in restaurants. Like, the, the, the statistics are there to be seen worldwide and even nationally, that 5% of infections have been brought back, or cases have been brought back to uh, hospitality. Um, and that's, that's worldwide. Um, if it was as rampant as it was being made out in the, in, in, with, through the government and, the, uh, and for, for a little while in, in the media, um, hospitality staff all over the country would be coming down testing positive for COVID. Well, we would have had restaurants closed in left, right and centre yeah. uh, and, yeah. and and you're right, uh, we didn't. I can also sense your frustration, Mike, that the government came out with this living with COVID plan and they gave us very five clear levels from level one through to level five and within a very short period of time... Two days, Patricia. Was it only two days? Two days. Uh, and, and I think for, I, I can sense your frustration, but I also know from calls into this programme, that's what's annoying people, that there's no clear plan. And, and I think that's what people need, particularly as we start this six week lockdown. They need to know the end of it. What does what does it look like when we come out of level five? And nobody is really sure. No. And the, and the biggest problem is that, you know, the only way to come out of level, this six weeks as any way of a success 
is have the public to buy into it. But the problem is there is so many ambiguous uh, suggestions of, of what you should and shouldn't do. Like this morning, the chaos that was caused this morning with people bringing kids to school and going to work. Like anyone that was on the road at 8 o'clock this morning wasn't going for, let's say, a Sunday drive. Mm-hmm. They were going to work, you know, which they could all probably produce a letter or proof that they were going to work and and lucky that they were still working and dropping their kids to school, which I still, and why others might disagree, I think, having the schools open is a very important thing. It is essential for kids. I own, I see it at home here with my three kids. It's essential that they get out and go to school. And it's very Rather easy to spot a car with, you know, backseat full of children with school bags on their lap. You know exactly yeah. where they're going. But at the end of the day, what the restrictions were done this morning, like there was no one shaking anything. It was just to, to frustrate people. How is that bringing the public with you? That's just turning the public against you. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, why stop people going into retail when, to be fair, I think a lot in, in the super, uh, the, the, the shops, retail shops that open, any of them that I've been into have been very well policed and uh, adhere to, you know, there are other operations that have probably been operating and never closed down. And they are looser with their um, their restrictions. As okay. That were all right, just, just one final question. A listener wants to know, if we all do well under level five, isn't there a chance that in four weeks' time we could come out of it? Does Mike think we might have some chance of saving Christmas, particularly for bars and restaurants? Unfortunately, I don't see bars being open at all, and I think it's a slim—it's a slim um, hope for restaurants. The, the the thing is, if we come back at level three, a proper level three, mm. then we will be open with restrictions. And listen, Patricia, I'd be happy to have twenty people inside the door, as opposed to a hopeful fifteen weather dependent outside the door, sitting outside in a freezing I December. A I have one restaurant in town that can seat two hundred people. I have another restaurant that can seat 150 people. If I only had 20 people inside each one and we could run through the whole day, I would keep the, the majority of my key people, like as in managers that have mortgages and kids to support. We could keep going. We could limp along until the new year. But like having us outside in December with 15 people, which is that you'd have to ring maybe, sorry, the wind is too high or awnings are blowing away. Ah, it makes absolutely no sense we don't have the weather for it listen Mike we'll check in with you again in the meantime thank you for that no problem and uh, stay positive okay and look after yourself take care (laughs) take care bye bye Uh, Mike Ryan there of the Corn Store and uh, Cockball uh, two city centre restaurants 1850 C103 has identified many advantages to wearing a face mask Save time and money by only having to do your eye makeup. Forgot to shave? No problem. You're covered. It's easier to avoid an ex because they probably won't recognise you. However, the main reason for wearing a face mask is the most vital. To help stop the spread of coronavirus. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. We're masking for a friend. Thank you from C103. Many gym owners and users right across the country have called for gyms to be deemed an essential service and if they were deemed essential service they would therefore be allowed to open during this level 5 lockdown. Shane Lynch is with One Life Fitness Gym in Cork City and Shane joins me. Good morning to you Shane. 
Good morning. Uh, you're welcome. Do, do you, are you one of the ones who firmly believes that gyms should be an essential service? Most definitely, for a number of different reasons. Like, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there that have um, a need to release some energy or a need to be in a social setting where they can actually have some not so much physical contact, but in the presence of other people. And gyms are very much um, a social setting these days for our members and general public to go in there and just mix with other people and feel part of a club, feel part of a community. And there's a lot of people that need that, whether they're lonely people or they don't have friends or family. For a lot of them people... This is a great outlet for them. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I would definitely consider it an essential service. And, and that's, that's interesting, even though people go to the gym and they'll train on their own, but they feel very much part of a community when they're training beside or close to somebody else who's also training. Exactly. You know, we don't necessarily have to be on top of each other or doing the same movements or exercise or sharing equipment, but it's just being each other's presence. Like, we're more than just gyms. We consider ourselves clubs, and to be part of a club, you feel part of a community. And whether you're coming in just to get a hello or a goodbye, that alone will just make somebody feel good because at present, there's none of that. It's very hard to connect with people right now. And for our gyms, it is very much a community sense for people just to feel involved in something. And Shane, during the first lockdown, would many people have admitted that obviously their physical health would suffer if they, you know, if people who regularly train weren't able to train? But did they also talk about their mental health suffering? We have had a few people say it to us that they got very stressed, very, um, how would I say it, panicking to a certain extent. At the end of the day, exercise does release these endorphins to make you feel good. Um, that little bit of exertion, that little bit of training, does keep people focused and at the end of the day we all need to let off a little bit of steam now and again and the gym is the perfect setting for that and since the lockdown procedures such as cleaning down equipment having the gym capped at a certain number those gym ethic uh, guidelines have really improved a lot over the last couple of months we are shocked how many how much our cleaning chemicals have gone through the roof and (laughs) how much we're using it's everybody is really now paying a big attention and focus to actually cleaning everything down around them and making sure it's safe for the next user. So it, that is a big community spirit in the sense to make sure that they're going above and beyond to keep them open. So, yeah, it, it is a very important factor in that. Yeah. And yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic that surely we should all be focusing on our health. All the more reason that we keep gyms open. Most definitely. There's a lot of pressure in society for younger people with all this body image scenarios on social media. And then, like, at the end of the day, going to the gym is no more risk than going to the shopping centre. Like, you're going to be in busy aisles, people queuing, touching products, putting them back. With relation to gyms, there is no more of a risk than uh, going to a shopping centre. Yeah, and someone else was pointing out, you know, there's so much more open on this lockdown than the previous lockdown. The schools are open, you know, building sites, manufacturing uh, plants. There's so many people still going to work. So it's a bitter pill to swallow that they decided to close uh, the gyms. What would you say, though, to your members, uh, Shane? Are there online programmes, for example, that they could follow? Yes, we have gone online with a lot of our um, classes and unfortunately since we since we reopened in july we have had no classes in our gym and a lot of our members 
would go to these gyms for classes, not to go lift weights or do their own thing. A lot of them is to actually take part in a class. So we are we have gone online and we have now introduced semi-private personal training online where we're renting equipment out, letting the people take that equipment home for the six weeks, and then they'd follow us daily on these schedules where we're doing the same routine that we do in the gym except doing it at home. And, well uh, done, well done. That, yeah, that, it's, it's a step forward, but yeah. it's not really... It's, it doesn't have the same, um, how to say focus or the same attention it's much different when someone is there you know not necessarily shouting at you but motivating you and being alongside somebody mm. but we are going to adapt and take that on board okay and in the uk they reversed the decision didn't they to close the gyms because in manchester in liverpool when they went into lockdown they closed the gyms but they reversed it because of what we're talking about the very issues we're addressing today would you be hopeful that that could happen here shane I am most definitely hopeful. I know there's a petition going around where they're collecting signatures for this. I think they're above the 37,000 now at this stage. and It's an online petition. Hopefully the government does take some notice on this. At the end of the day, there's gyms all over Ireland, all over the communities, and they're a great outlet for people just to feel some kind of normality in their life. So hopefully the government will take the decision on this to reopen the gyms. As I said, we have a lot of strict procedures in our gyms. We're capped at certain numbers depending on the size of the facility. So they're not exactly squashed meat markets in the sense where everybody's on top of each other. So all these new procedures are making them quite safe facilities to use. And at the end of the day, the mental health of the public is very important right now when we have this COVID pandemic hanging over us. So it's an outlet for people and it's definitely needed. OK, well, listen, stay safe during the six weeks, Shane. And who knows, maybe, maybe we'll be bringing you back on when the government has made the decision to reverse this uh, decision. Look after yourself, Shane. Same yourself. Thanks Take for care. joining us. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Uh, Shane Lynch of One Life Fitness Gym in Cork City, one of the many, many gyms all over the country that were forced to close under the level five restrictions. I know there's a Dublin gym owner who says he's going to be defying the restrictions and keeping his business open. I think he was going to open at five o'clock this morning. Don't know what's happening with that. I'll see if I can keep an eye and uh, check out what happened there. I don't know whether he's going to get a visit from the Gardaí or not. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie The Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie C103 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed an email into Patricia at c103.ie saying hi Patricia don't normally put pen to paper but the like this but I was so shocked and annoyed yesterday that I feel I have to share my story. I visit an elderly housebound neighbour, do it on a regular basis and when I called to her yesterday she was looking fabulous. A family member had taken her to her regular hairdresser and she had a lovely pre-lockdown session collar done to keep her going for the next six weeks. Nothing wrong there until I discovered that not only did my frail at-risk friend not wear a mask at the appointment, but neither did any of the other clients, all, by the way, elderly, or worse, 
Neither did any of the hairdressers. Not a mask, not a visor, not a bottle of hand sanitizer in sight at the salon. My friend went on to say that the hairdresser and her clients don't believe in any of that old rubbish and that people should just get on with it. And if they get it, COVID-19, they get it and they'll get over it. Well, I think of the lengths that I and all the other callers to my elderly friend go to every day to safeguard her in her own home. I got really annoyed that firstly, she was put in this position by the hairdresser and secondly, also that she and the other clients seemed to be okay with it. Is it any wonder COVID-19 is spreading like wildfire and we're back to lockdown for six weeks? I'm wondering though, if this is an isolated case or if this is happening up and down the country on a regular basis, God help us all if it is the latter. Sorry for being so long-winded, but I think that this is so wrong on so many levels that I had to contact you. And yeah, you weren't a bit long-winded. I'm glad you contacted me. That, I'm shocked by that. I'm, I am hoping, I am hoping that it is an isolated uh, case and that not just hairdressers but other services were not have not been acting like that. And if they have, I think Mary is right. No wonder COVID-19 is spreading like wildfire. And that's got nothing to do with house parties and that's got nothing to do with young people hanging out together. That's got to do with people who have just been completely irresponsible and believing, what did she say? We don't believe in any of that old rubbish and that people should just get on with it. And if they get coronavirus, they get it and they'll get over it. God, I hope it stays, I hope it stays fine for all of them. And if they're elderly clients... And they were unlucky enough to get COVID-19. Would they be able to get over it? 1850 A number of people on about gyms when we, when we spoke about gyms in the last hour. Hi, Patricia. I think they should have kept the gyms open. Also, the training should be open for the teenagers as there's going to be a lot of problems of people as people have to have some way of using up the energy, both mentally and physically. I am an elder berry myself and I'm getting very frustrated with no, no dancing and haven't been able to babysit since February. Anyway, I think the government haven't a clue and they've lost the plot. And listening to the text about the banks ripping off people on their mortgages, it is simply just disgusting. Kind regards, that is from Anne. Also in on gyms, somebody says it is unlikely that gyms will open. Some people are hoping that they'll follow the UK lead like they did for Liverpool and Manchester where they closed the gyms, then realised that it wasn't a smart move and decided to reopen them during their lockdown period. And Noel in Kilmurray says, Hi Patricia, I think every business in the country could make a legitimate argument for being an essential service but this coronavirus does not care who it will infect, whether you are a prince or a pauper. And I'm, I'm assuming that's with regards to the gym owner saying why they should be an essential uh, service. Hi, Patricia. I really miss the pool. It's the only exercise I can do with my disability. And I also go swimming for my mental health. I love the routine of the pool in the Charleville Park Hotel. It's so well managed. The staff have done absolutely everything to have the leisure centre sterile. It is just so safe. And so many people with health issues rely on the leisure centre. We just so need this decision to be over turned. Please, please, please 
give us back some kind of normality as we head through the six weeks of lockdown. If actually, while I've, there's, a, there's a big push to get gyms open almost in the same breath actually I'm hearing from people who regularly swim because of course with the gyms closing swimming pools have closed uh, as well read the closure of gyms if I was a gym owner I'd also say they were an essential service of course I would says Tim in y'all however the reality is that a virus spreading no masks Body temperature is high, sweat droplets all over the place. They need to pull together now and comply with the HSE government regulations. We're all in this together. And that's from Tim in Yall. And and somebody else, I think, is agreeing. Jess in Cork makes pretty much the same point as Tim. And he says, Shane, who spoke to us from from the gym, says, what is Jim talking about? Nobody talks at the gym. There are pathogens in sweat. Sweat zones like gyms are lethal. They spread it in the atmosphere. Maybe if the council floodlit areas like the Lee Fields and the Regional Park and Fitzgerald's Park, people from all walks of life could benefit from outdoor exercise without the incubation uh, that gyms offer. Thanking you, says Jess and Courtney. I'll, well, I'll pick both Jess and Tim up on that. If you look at the statistics of where cases came from, there was very, very few cases of COVID-19 were directly linked to gyms. So while you're saying people are sweating and you know body temperature is going up and droplets could be spreading in the atmosphere, if it was, why did we not have loads of outbreaks linked to gyms because if you go down you know they printed that list was it last week where they showed where all the clusters and where the COVID-19 where it had been picked up of course the bulk of them funnily enough were picked up in, in private houses but way 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 down the list was gyms slash pools slash leisure centres and, and exercise and exercise classes very very small numbers so you're wrong to say that they are incubators for coronavirus and the people going in there that are spreading like wildfire because because it hasn't. It really hasn't. Uh, John in Clan says, Patricia, I'm not a gym owner or a gym member, but I think they should be open. The government seems to be more interested in looking after the GAA. Donegal will be going down this weekend to play Kerry. Will they pass on the virus to the good people of Kerry? It is a pure joke. That is from John in Clannacilty. And I was listening to the figures that have come out from Cavan. Cavan are now at the top of the League of Counties for the highest number of COVID-19 cases Cavan are at a a thousand per hundred thousand. It's just staggering the amount of cases in Cavan and when you dig down into the figures in Cavan to see where did they all come from and how suddenly did Cavan go at the top they're ahead of Dublin, they're ahead of Donegal ahead of a lot of other counties that had high rates of COVID-19 and in some cases still have high rates and a lot of it is linked back to celebrations that took place following a GAA match. Now the GAA will jump in straight away and say, whoa, that was nothing to do with us. We just staged the match. We can't stop people if they were going to be silly afterwards. But others will say, if we didn't have any of those matches, we wouldn't have had some of the super spreaders that came out from the celebration because a team won an event. 1850-333-103. There's another one for this in on for the swimming pools. This is Helen in West Cork. Says, hi Patricia, somebody needs to remind our government that us daily pool users do it for the good of our health and we're very, very diligent about hygiene. Not only that, is added to the fact 
that were actually swimming in chlorine. That's from Helen in West Cork. Somebody else doing the big shout out to please, please, please allow the swimming pools to reopen as well. And then on schools, OK, a couple of texts in about schools and why schools ha- are still allowed to open. This texter says, it's a joke saying schools are not a cause of spreading COVID-19. They're in denial at the top. You just ask the principal of the Tarbert School who rightly, whose rightly informed conscience got him to close after several positive cases in school only to be told to reopen by the Department of Education who will blame the virus for any follow-on deaths. Sorry, who will blame the virus for any follow-on deaths? Cars have to be driven. Drivers are held responsible for deaths. I've never heard of a car going to court. We can break or accelerate the virus by closing and opening places. The Minister for Education should be held accountable for spin-off deaths from the decision to open Tarbert School or indeed any other school because she has the choice and the moral obligation to limit it like a driver in a car pulls the brake to save a life in danger. Sure, the virus doesn't know whether it's a school or at home. A little hand can transfer it from one contaminated surface to another. Uh, School to home to home to school. It's common sense. Wake up, people. So there's somebody advocating for the schools to be closed. And there's someone else in who says, Hi Patricia, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place with decision making. Another Covid case at my daughter's secondary school again yesterday. Didn't send her to school today because she's scared. And to be honest, so are we. Now, this is the second COVID-19 positive case. However, after the first case, a lot of the teachers didn't show up to teach. The class got to do their homework while being supervised by somebody else. That's my point. Why bother sending my daughter in if there are no teachers, please don't call out my name. Thank God that there are on midterm tomorrow. And our other parents feeling a little bit nervous about sending their children into school. I know last week we had a school, we had a parent who sent on a copy of the text message that they'd got from the school to say there'd been a COVID-19 case, but there was no detail of what class the child was in. It was another secondary school. And that made that particular parent nervous and worried and was actually looking for more detail, would prefer to know if the COVID-19 case was actually in her daughter's class. But of course, the school are not giving out that kind of information. So are many parents nervous? Are many parents with that mum there saying, thank God the midterm break kicks in tomorrow and they don't have to worry about it for another week? I know the number of weekly outbreaks recorded in schools doubled last week. That's according to the latest figures from the Health Protection Surveillance Centre. Now, when I say they did double, but they are still low. The number for last week was 46 outbreaks. Now, what is an outbreak? An outbreak is where a school confirms they have two or more cases. If there's one case of COVID-19 in a school, then that's not counted and that's not deemed an outbreak. They need to have two or more and then it gets recorded as an outbreak. So there was 46 new outbreaks last week. How did that compare to previous weeks? It was 25 the week before. And then go back to each of the four weeks before that. It was 12 cases, 13 cases, 11 cases and 12 cases in the preceding four weeks. So add all of them up and it brings the total since the term began at the start of September to 119 outbreaks in schools. But then let's take a look at the number of primary and secondary schools in this country. There are 4,000 primary and post-primary schools. So 119 out of 4,000, 
I take it the powers that be would say they are relatively low uh, numbers. Uh, schools are not seen as hubs for transmission of the disease and the figure reflects how the increasing level of infection in the community though is now seeping into the education settings. The fact that it doubled in the last week. The spread has added to pressure on principals, teachers and other school staff compounded by delays in contact tracing and testing because of course the system was overwhelmed and we know how overwhelmed the tracing system got last weekend with the people on Friday, Saturday and Sunday getting not even a phone call, a text message to say, Heidi folks, you know, you know, you know already you've tested positive. You now have to do your own contact uh, tracing. And I know that upset so many people and that's not helping in the in the school situations uh, either. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Jobs. The Charleville plant hire, they are recruiting for an access fitter. While a stores operative is wanted for Quartertown Industrial Estate, that's in Mallow. Office administrator slash office assistant required to work one day per week, that's in Ballylanders. And a creche ma- manager is wanted for a childcare facility in Ballyhas outside of Mallow. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. And just a traffic update from the city. The emergency services have arrived at the Jack Lynch Tunnel. This is due to a collision and a traffic barrier is currently in place heading southbound through the Jack Lynch Tunnel. It is suggested that you reroute if possible. And I'm just getting in photographs of the backlog of traffic heading towards the uh, tunnel. It's on the N40 north of the tunnel and it is bumper to bumper and it doesn't look like traffic is going anywhere. So reroute please if possible as the emergency services have arrived to to the collision but a traffic barrier is currently in place heading southbound through the Jack Lynch Tunnel. 1850-333-103 Now since the announcement on Monday we've received many calls from listeners looking for further information on the social bubbles which was introduced to ease isolation issues during Level 5 lockdown. Labour Senator Rebecca Moynihan was one of those who suggested the idea of these social bubbles and she joins me to discuss the concept uh, further. Good morning to you, Rebecca. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. I suppose, firstly, why do you believe these social bubbles are so important? Well, there's... 400,000 people who live in single households and an additional 200,000 people who live in single parent households throughout the country. And back in March, um, they had to completely completely isolate from everybody else. And there was no way for those households to be able to meet up with somebody else. New Zealand, at the really early stages of their lockdown, adopted what was called a social bubble, where you exclusively, if you're a single household, you exclusively bubble with another household. Um, and a review of that by the London School of Economics showed that it worked extremely well. Um, one, because it helped combat isolation and loneliness. And, and secondly, by emphasising the exclusivity of the, bu- of the bubble, it actually helped people bring down the number of contacts that they have. Um, so myself and the Labour Party um, and my party leader, Alan Kelly, very much pushed um, this concept and this idea and so in discussions with the Taoiseach, um, my party leader would push the idea of a social bubble. And I'm really glad to see um, when the announcement... That they did. Yeah, so the, they so the, the 
idea is, Rebecca, then that you, you hook up with another family and then in that little bubble, you're almost treated like you're one family. You can visit each other's homes. Exactly. Exactly. So you decide that you're going to bubble with another household. And so that might be, let's say, um, uh, an elderly parent um, who lives alone might decide to bubble with um, their their son or daughter and their family. Um, It might be two single households who are friends decide that they're going to bubble together. It might be two people who are in a relationship who live separately who are bubbling together. Um, And the thing about bubbles is they're exclusive, so you can't swap them around. Um, and, And that's the most important thing. So it's a bubble, not a chain. Um, and that's really important for people to remember over the next six weeks that it is a bubble. And therefore, if God forbid, somebody in the bubble tested positive for COVID-19, you get treated like you're all living together and everybody has to isolate and do all the same things. Exactly. Now, the Irish government website isn't massively clear or as detailed. Um, and I've, def- I've called for them to do a publicity campaign around bubbles because I think a lot of people have a lot of queries on it. But if you look at the UK government website, who've also adopted the concept of social bubbles, that's what they say. So if one person within the bubble tests positive or has to isolate, you have to behave as if you're a family member. And that's why it's so important that you stay exclusive within your bubble, that you don't get involved in a chain, that you don't swap around your bubbles. It's effectively as if you're a member of one household. Yeah, and ideally somebody living close to you, if it doesn't have to be, but ideally somebody living close by so that you can rely on each other and support each other because that's what it's all about. Exactly. So, but the bubble doesn't need to be within your 5k if that's not possible. And I understand for people living in rural areas, like many of your listeners, that mightn't be possible that everybody is living within um, the 5k or the 5 kilometer. Um, you should be within the county, though, because there is limits on travelling between counties. Um, and I think that's really important that people just try and stay within the counties. Yeah, the one thing, and we had a lot of listeners, because there does seem to be an amount of confusion. I'm glad to hear you uh, suggest that they do some kind of an advertising campaign around it. But the one thing when I was going down through the information on gov.ie, trying to share it with listeners and, and help listeners out, the one thing that struck me was for people who are um, living alone, do you have to have a mental health challenge? No, and they actually changed that. So that was one of the queries that um, we had when on, on Tuesday when it was first announced that it said people who are living alone who have mental health challenges um, and my party leader Alan Kelly raised that in the doll and said to the Taoiseach that they should simplify it so within a couple of hours it was then changed to the website and it just says um, you know single unit households that are included in it. Okay. There's also a couple of exceptions so for example um, if you live by yourself with, with a carer you have a living carer your bubble doesn't have to be just your living carer it can be another single household um, it's single parent, a single parent who shares custody can then bubble with somebody else or um, an adult that you're providing care for that you can bubble with somebody else. So, um, it, it, you know, there are exceptions to that, but I, I initially thought that it was overly complicated. And I do think... And it doesn't the, need to be. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't need to be. And there's 600,000 people that are affected by this. So that's why I think that it's so important that the, the, the government do an information campaign on this. And, and can I just say one of the most important things about the bubble and, and why it also worked in um in 
New Zealand was, it was emphasising the exclusivity of the bubble. So rather than giving people, making things so complicated, people because of their lifestyles feel that they have to break the rules in order to be able to survive. What you're, what you're saying to people is, this is a way that you can positively help stop the spread of the virus by existing within this bubble, but still being allowed to have social support. And certainly if you were to look back on the first lockdown, uh, Rebecca, isolation was a huge issue for so many members of society. Absolutely. And every single time that I've raised this issue, and I've been raising it for a couple of months now, I got a huge response in terms of people saying, you know, they weren't accounting for, for single people or people who lived alone. Um, and and all the rules were almost made as if you lived in a nuclear family um, with access to your own bathroom and an ensuite and all the advice around it was like that. And I think isolation and loneliness was a huge issue. And whatever about then being able to meet people outside... I think in the winter that's going to be an awful lot more difficult. One of the emails that really struck me that I got in was a 76-year-old woman and when the restrictions were lifted, her and her best friend met each other for tea in each other's houses. And I just don't think it's reasonable that we expected that 76-year-old woman and her best friend to meet each other outside in the freezing cold in the middle of the winter. Now she can adopt a social bubble with her best friend, both of whom who live alone are very safe, take all the necessary precautions and at least they can now be in a social bubble and support each other for the next Fantastic. Week. And they'll get each other through this uh, six exactly. weeks. What do you what do you think of the six weeks, uh, Rebecca, of level five? Will it work? Will we flatten the curve, do you believe, once again? I don't know. I'm always loath to make those assumptions because I'm not a public health expert and I don't have access to the data. Um, I definitely think that we need to pull back now because we understand that the virus is in community transmission and it's transmitting around and the more that we chop and mingle with each other or mingle with each other, the more that the virus is going to spread. So I definitely hope that it, it does work within the five th- weeks. But one of the critical things are we flattened the curve in order to buy time to scale up ICU capacity and um, track and trace capacity. And I think... Um, there are huge questions over what we did with that time that we bought during the summer in terms of ICU um, and also the idea that people would be contacting now within the HSE that they'd be contacting um, the, the people that they potentially affected. So I, I, I think we need to, if we're using this time, we're going to use this time you know, widely and we're not just basically coming in and out of lockdowns um, until next summer or whenever we have a vaccine. And my party leader, Alan Kelly, was very clear about the rapid testing needs to be a very big part of the solution and the government needs to put money and priority in behind the rapid testing. And I think that's really important over the next you know, five to six weeks. We're asking people to make huge sacrifices, absolutely huge sacrifices. And um, the least that we can do is ensure that um, the government are matching them in terms of effort while making those sacrifices. OK. And just finally, I know you're, you're based in Dublin. We had some huge traffic delays this morning with the Gardaí out and on various checkpoints, particularly when people were trying to go to work and people were trying to go to school. Was it the same in Dublin? Um, not that I noticed. I, okay. dro- I, I, I cycled, but I drove in this morning and uh, I didn't encounter any traffic. But I live in the inner city, so I'm not okay. coming in from the out road. So, so it's slightly different for me. So I, not that I noticed. OK, people are just worried. Is it going to be like this for the, for the duration of the six weeks? I, oh. I, I, I imagine that a lot more people are going to be working from home. I think it's going yeah. to be a lot more traffic. on, the, on the, A lot less traffic. But people um, who have to go road. to work still have to get to work and they people still, still have, have to go to school. Well, exactly. A lot of people are still left in school. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, we all know that, you know, when 
school, schools are off, traffic lessons and lightens a little bit. But I do think that the priority needs to be kept into opening schools. Like so many young people um, get, you know, their their food from school, warmth from school and that daily routine that it is really, really important for the next generation of children's developments that we're prioritising to keep them open the school. OK, Rebecca, we leave it there. Thank you for that and thanks okay. for joining us. Good thanks morning again. to you. That is Senator Rebecca Moynihan, uh, who is a Dublin-based Labour senator. Somebody was on saying, have the shops in Charleville decided to stay open? Are they open? I don't know if the shops have decided to stay open. There are a lot of shops that are allowed to remain open. Obviously, all of the outlets that are serving, um, selling food and beverages. So they are all allowed, all of your supermarkets, your corner shop, any shop basically that's selling food are allowed to remain uh, open. Uh, You also have, what else is allowed? Outlets selling products necessary for the essential upkeep and functioning of places of residence. They're your your hardware stores. They're all allowed to open. Pharmacies and chemists, they're all open. Medical and orthopaedic goods, they can open. Your garages are open. Anybody selling fuel, heating fuel providers, they're open. Anything to do with essential items for the health and welfare of animals, including pet food stores, all open. Laundries and dry cleaners, yes, they are also remaining open. And then the banks, the post offices, the the credit unions, they're all open. Hardware outlets, builders, merchants and outlets that provide, whether on a retail or a wholesale basis. I'm reading this obviously from gov.ie. They are the outlets providing, oh, the repair and maintenance of bicycles and vehicles. So your garages and your bicycle stores that repair vehicles, they're remaining open. The optician is open in that they offer services on an emergency basis only. So you're going to need to ring your optician if you want to go, if you have an emergency appointment to go to an optician. But it isn't a case of shops deciding to open or not. There are a certain amount of retail outlets that are allowed to open. The non-essential ones obviously have all closed. Going to Clonakilty Garda Station where I'm joined by Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant James O'Donovan for this week's Garda File. Uh, good morning to you James. Good morning Patricia. And you're welcome uh, to the programme. It looks like members of Garda Siakona had a busy morning this morning. Did you operate many check points across the city and county? I suppose with Operation Fanoct took a, a new role this morning, Patricia, as you well know, and in West Cork we've had a number of permanent checkpoints both in the Bandon, Bantry, Clonakilty and Macomb districts and the volume of traffic at these checkpoints was going to be, I suppose, increased um, compared to other checkpoints at the previous time at the start of the lockdown, at the start of the pandemic there back in March and April. Um, the guards have been very busy. The volume of traffic coming up to these checkpoints have been very busy. And we are aware that people are going to find the next couple of weeks very difficult. And we're just asking them to comply with the guidelines as issued by the HSE and our government and to comply with those and to remain within their 5K unless they have to travel for essential travel. And I know you've been highlighting the, the reasons for essential travel throughout the show this morning. But we just want to assure people that we're there um, as part of these guidelines and these government instructions in relation to the, for the next six weeks. So we'd like to thank the public uh, that are approaching the checkpoints are, and are being, I suppose, very understanding as to why they are delays, but we're also asking people to plan their journeys over the next couple of weeks. Put a bit more, t- uh, give yourselves a bit more time going forward because there there is going to be delays at these static checkpoints across the division and, count- and city and county and nationally, but also there's going to be uh, roving checkpoints set up randomly around each district so people will be expected that there will be checkpoints and inspections 
to ensure that people are complying with these regulations. That okay, we have I, I, I don't know who makes the decisions as to the time of the checkpoint, James, but surely in the morning you know that people who are going to work are in their cars commuting, our parents are dropping children off to, off to school. Could you not have the checkpoints at different times of the day? I suppose we have to target the, the, the majority of the, of the daytime when people are travelling uh, and we want to ensure that people are, cont- are travelling within those regulations. Familiarity will grow over the next couple of days, Patricia. So the Gardaí and the members out there doing the checkpoints will get to know these people that are dropping kids off to work and we will be able to speed up the, the element of checkpoints. But I think people just need to understand that we're doing these checkpoints as a result of where we are in relation to the numbers of COVID-19 positivities over the last number You're of trying weeks. to stop the spread. We're yeah. trying to stop the spread. And yeah. ultimately, that's our role. And we have to adhere to the guidelines and the instructions that we've been given by our government and our commissioner. So we're just playing our part in ensuring that the stop of the COVID-19 is, or the, the spread of COVID-19 is stopped or slowed down significantly okay. as we approach the Christmas So plan your journey and only make that journey if it's absolutely essential and keep correct. to within your five kilometres. Let's take a look at some items that you're looking for if anybody can offer any assistance, starting with um, some thefts. Yes, we had a number of thefts there over the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the first one was in the Carganema area of McCroom there on the 10th of October last, between 8pm and 9.30pm, where um, unfortunately the car was unlocked, but uh, some cash and an AIB card were stolen from the car. Now, look, Patricia, we are constantly on about this, how people are, number one, there's travelling gangs going around the county targeting these cars. Um, there's opportunists that also come across a car that could be left unlocked. And look, I suppose we are saying it as a constant reminder to not to let people get into the habit of leaving property in cars. Um, unfortunately, there is still people out there that are leaving um, cars unlocked. And that is a chance for these gangs to go around the county and to target areas. So... Look, we're asking for a bit of help from the public if they saw anyone acting suspicious in the Carrigonema area of McCroom there on the 10th of October to contact the Gardaí in McCroom. And similarly, on the 12th of the 10th in uh, Boherbui, Main Street, uh, a car was parked. Now, this is unusual. It happened between 2.30 and 4 p.m. that day on the 12th. But um, a person came back and he found that his boot was open and there was an alloy wheel taken from the boot. Now... Again, this would stand out, Patricia. I suppose we're asking for someone that may have been in the board we hear that may have seen someone out of character walking around with, uh, well, to another car with um, an alloy wheel taken from another car. It seems, I suppose, quite normal, but someone might tweak something and they might remember that it was going into a, a description of a car to contact the Gardaí in Boerbui. Was that car locked or unlocked? It was unfortunate. It was unlocked as well. Ah, so they were just able to open the boot or pop the boot? Yes. And I suppose uh. people people have sometimes got this mindset that if I don't lock the car, they're not going to break a window and they won't damage it. And look, if I'm down a, a bit of change or whatever, I'll get over that. But that's not the attitude to have. You have to lock the car. Mm. Most cars now, they can be locked by a, a, a press button. So you, you don't even have to turn the key in the lock. You only have to press your button as you're walking away from the car. And just to get into that habit, coming into the winter months. OK. Uh, some fraud and economic crime to be highlighted. Yes, again, we've highlighted this type of crime an awful lot this year because we have seen a dramatic increase in fraud and economic crime, Patricia. And I know that you've played an active role in that as well, assisting us in getting the message out there. But this year, this past couple of weeks, we've had three incidents in West Cork um, covering uh, from phishing online and online scams. 
Now, thankfully, the numbers have gone down over the last couple of weeks of those incidents being reported to us. But we're again appealing to the general public to again be vigilant in relation to online scams, tech scams or um, invoice redirect that we've had for a couple of companies who have been caught out in relation to paying uh, customers when it wasn't a legitimate email. And of course, if there is, a, I suppose, a tech scam doing the, the rounds in a particular area to contact the local guardy, and we can get that message of prevention out there through our text alert system and with our business email alert system that we have running here in West Cork. Okay, yesterday was the European Day of Action against domestic burglaries. Yes, uh, yes, there was the second EU-wide focus on domestic burglary. Um, I suppose, thankfully, in West Cork, we're down 39% on domestic burglaries Brilliant. from this year, last year. And I think, look, yes, you can say a lot of it is down to, I suppose, uh, people being at home a lot more this year. But it's also that people are listening to the advice and taking the advice and heeding it that we are giving. Um, Ireland is a, it's fallen sharply during COVID-19, but I suppose the restrictions on schools and business have helped to get those figures down. I suppose we're always committed to in our fight against domestic burglaries, and we started our own Operation Thor there on the 1st of October last year, and I remember we mentioned it on the last show, show and we do that in line with Lock Up or lock up and Light Up. So I suppose just for a few small bits of advice for your listeners out there, whether you're at home or going out, remember there's a couple of simple steps that you can help to protect your home. Turn on your lights there coming into the, uh, the darker evenings. Use timer switches. Um, they can be used. Lock all doors and windows. I suppose it's uh, it's unusual that 34% of burglaries that do happen go in the front door and 25% of them go in the rear door when they're not locked. And there's 20% of burglaries happen where a rear window has been left open. Because so you wouldn't expect so many to go through the front door, sure you wouldn't? No, I suppose people got into the habit of when they were at home that they were just nipping down to the shop maybe for a couple and of And not locking the not front locking door. The door. Yeah. You, you can't do that, unfortunately. You have to lock up your own house and you have to secure it. Um, use the alarm if you have one. Um, unfortunately, people are leaving the houses without using the alarm. Store keys away from the window so they th- they can't be taken in the um, I suppose in the course of a burglary. And obviously, uh, don't keep large amounts of cash and jewellery in the home. And again, we appeal and we thank the public, but we appeal to the public that if they do see anyone acting suspicious out there coming into the winter months. Do not hesitate to ring the Gardaí and we will gladly be able to help you and hopefully we'll be able to follow up. And we have been very successful in the past in relation to information that we have got across West Cork and we have been able to stop and detain those suspects in other areas of West Cork because these are travelling criminals that come in, they commit crime and they leave the West Cork area. But And we're very thankful for all the support that we get from the general public. All right, and while the checkpoints might frustrate some people and make them late for work or late for, the, for their appointment, the one big plus of those checkpoints is managing to, to catch up with criminals who shouldn't be in the area. Yes, and that, that is very much so. Uh, I suppose we've had an awful lot of activity in relation to checkpoints there at the start of the pandemic and our crime um, did uh, decrease. And again, it's going to have that effect because the travelling criminal doesn't know where he's going to come across a roving checkpoint that we have set up. So it's a it's a, a twofold checkpoint. It's there to prevent the continuing spread of COVID nineteen, but it's also acting as a, a crime prevention and uh, it's assisting us in our operations horror as well. Okay, all right. And uh, vulnerable people, you're you're there to support them through as you were the last time. Yes, well, we recently had a, a teleconference there with our chief there and our Cork County Council Community Support Hubs. I know that you've been giving out the number, um, Patricia. It's eighteen hundred eighty fifty eight nineteen. 
if you want any specific help for a vulnerable neighbour or ring your local Garda station. Our own community Garda across the division have been doing an awful lot of work with our vulnerable and um, I suppose the people that need assistance throughout the pandemic. But coming into the winter months, it's going to be a bit more stressful for people. I know we've been doing an awful lot of work there and we will continue to work with um, the West Cork Mental Health Services with the HSE and with Community Alert. We're going to get those messages and support out there and information regarding those supports out there, which is more important. OK, so, but but we'd say to people to please ring that number, even though, you know, we would have some people would contact us and we'd say, you know, did you ring the Cork County Council Community Support Hubs? And they'd say, I should there for somebody else. They're not. They're no. there. If there's anything that you, no matter how small it is or how big you think the problem is, there'll always be somebody at the end of that phone line and we'll be able to get help to you to solve whatever problem you're having. Yes, and it's a dedicated support line there for the communities across um, the country in rela- or Cork County in relation to COVID-19 support. Okay, so it's 1-800-80-58-19 1-800-80-58-19 and the West Cork Garda Youth Awards as with a lot of awards this year uh, James, you've had to do them online. Yes, th- these are going to be held online this year um, they'll be organised in adherence with all government COVID-19 guidelines I suppose we're entering a new era where a lot of stuff has been done online. The closing date for these awards is the 30th of October, which is next Tuesday. But look, we will be doing the judging during November. Garda James O'Mahony, who you know, and Garda Don Davis, the JLOs in the West Cork Division, um, are, are the contacts. You can either contact them or any um, community guard in the division. Damien White in Bandon, Bridget Hartnett in uh, Bantry, Liam Ryan in Connacilty, and Sergeant Emer Conlon, James Masters in um, McCroom District or any local super value or any local Garda station get your forms in and hopefully we'll have a great evening online uh, presenting those awards because a lot of young people stepped up to the plate as you well know Fantastic they were on unreal particularly during the lockdown Oh, I, I could name loads of them on the yeah, show. Yeah, they were great. Take away from the awards. You'll be inundated. You'll be inundated for the awards this year for sure. Please God. Okay, all right, James, look after yourself. Likewise, stay safe. And, yeah, Good same to you. you. Take care. That is Sergeant James O'Donnell from Clonacilty Guard, the station, Crime Prevention Officer. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Let me look at a long, long list of texts that have come in throughout the morning. Kicking off with this one. Anne says, hi Patricia, I had an important medical appointment in Cork this morning. I completely missed my appointment. Why? Due to the guarded checkpoints. I've been waiting all summer for this medical appointment. I now have to wait a rescheduled date, January. So thank you Irish Government and Angarda Siakona. I've played by all the guidelines up to now but no more. Uh, I've had it with the guidelines. The checkpoints will turn the public against the guidelines now says that. Oh, and that's absolutely heartbreaking for you. And all we can say to other people because listening to Angarda Siakona those checkpoints are going to continue. Now whether they'll start to ease them up a little bit particularly in the morning ones when they know people are going to work or they know people are going to school. And the checkpoints seem to have been really, really lengthy in some areas, but that's just heartbreaking for Anne. Misses the medical appointment waiting months for and now can't get another appointment. Where are we coming towards the end of October? Has to wait until January. That really is tough on you, Anne. But please 
keep abiding by the guidelines because remember by abiding by the guidelines you're going to keep yourself safe as well but I can absolutely sense your anger in your text this morning. And another listener says Patricia at a funeral under the restrictions the number of people is limited to 25 so can you explain to me how 30 people can go into the back of the church they're told not to go to communion as the cameras are at the upper part of the church and people would realise there was more than 25 in the church it's ridiculous what is going on and this is in a town in the county Uh, and then someone else says I'm disgusted and horrified at the amount of businesses who have found a loophole to stay open I know of one business it's a fashion store suddenly they've started to do food hampers and sell high-vis jackets we should shut these shops down and not support them see I'd be I certainly wouldn't be saying don't uh, support them these are businesses who are desperately trying to keep going and I have so much sympathy for retail shops who closed for so long and back up and hoping to get into the busiest time of the year where many shops and businesses will tell you they make their money in the lead up to Christmas the money that will keep them going then during the lean months of say January and February until the whole cycle starts all over again so you know, if a shop is going to use its imagination and thinks it can it can get around the guidelines by staying open, by selling food hampers or doing you know, PPE uh, gear, there's a part to me that kind of says more power to them because the same shops, as long as they're abiding by all the rules, limiting the number of people that are going in and making sure that everybody inside hand sanitizers and all of that is used, I'm very, very slow uh, to say that those shops should be closed down so many other shops have been forced to close down because they can't adapt and they can't change the model of what they are doing. So, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm slow to say shut them all down. And on the funeral and a priest obviously agreeing to let extra family members stand at the back of the church. Again, you're thinking on the compassionate ground. It's, priests have been put into such difficult situations when a loved one passes away and if they come from a very large family it's so I mean I was so thrilled that they changed from it was 10 were only allowed at a funeral remember up to Monday and you remember Jerry, that poor man we must check in and see how Jerry's mother is doing actually that poor man whose mother is coming to the end of her days and they're already while they're trying to spend their last few days with the much loved mother and they're already starting to worry about how would they limit the 10 at the funeral you will get families who will be really good about it and will decide no you can't go you will be able to go but the grandchildren can't go or I've heard of families where they lost a mother or a father and the sons and daughters went but their their spouse wasn't able to go at a time when you need the support. You know, if your mother has just died, wouldn't you want your husband or wouldn't you want your wife with you supporting you? And they weren't able to do that. So obviously some of the priests and some of the churches have decided to bend the rules ever so slightly and they let people stay at the back of the church. You would just like to think though, and I'm sure that did happen, that if they were at the back of the church that they were well spaced out and that they were abiding by all of the other rules that are in there. Uh, 1850 I'm just I'm, I just I think we've we have become very judgmental we're, we're all judge and jury for everybody else and I always say to people you know stop and think you don't know what's going on in someone else's life and you don't know why somebody makes a decision we like to think that the majority of us will all abide by these restrictions that have been put in place and by this lockdown for the next six weeks and if the majority of us do it 
hopefully will flatten the curve and it will get us out of this lockdown that we're in at the moment. Mary says, hi Patricia, I've health issues and over the past number of months I found acupuncture and osteopath have really helped me. Why are these services closed? Surely services like this which help with people's health health should be allowed to stay open. Hygiene and safety with hand sanitizer, disposable towels, cleaning, mask wearing, all very strict and carried out with due diligence. Now closed. Six weeks will be a long time. Thanking you, says uh, Mary. Hi Patricia, I know the virus is all the talk now, but spare a thought for those of us who actually have other problems going on in our lives outside of COVID-19. Problems like anti-social neighbours. Problems like the guards and the council doing nothing at all to help us. Problems like being treated very badly by people who think it's okay to do so. Problems like being laughed at for no reason, being called names, being threatened. The virus is dangerous, Patricia, but so too sometimes can neighbours be. And life goes on and we still get no help. Wow, that's a, that's a tough situation you find yourself in. Well, I would keep contacting the guards. I would keep contacting the council because remember, it's the squeaky, squeaky wheel is the one that gets the oil. You know, if you shout loud enough and shout long enough and hard enough, somebody will listen to you and hopefully you'll get, you'll get an end to that situation. But it's, it's, a, it's a dreadful one. It's a dreadful one to not feel safe in your own house because of antisocial neighbours. It really is uh, tough. 1850-333-103. Not everybody's happy that the GAA inter-county, senior inter-county matches are going ahead. Patricia, the GAA seem to have a d- divine right to play their games during this pandemic while churches are closed. No divine right there. And churches didn't have people like footballers jumping up and grabbing other people. And there was no aftermath celebration parties like some GAA groups had and will have. So we are not all in this together. And because we are not all this in this together, COVID-19 continues to uh, spread. Tim says if people did a decent amount of physical work they wouldn't need to go to the gym there wasn't much hurling in South Tipperary but you must have heard of Hell's Kitchen the front of goal area manned by Michael Marr Kieran Carey Mickey Byrne or John Doyle before breakfast John Doyle would lift churns of milk bags of animal feed and bales of straw that's a great gym workout there Um, we have the beaches and the hills Observing the birds and the wildflowers is the best therapy, folks, and it's free, says Tim. That's for those of you who are missing out on your gym. Go out into nature and get your exercise there instead. Someone else says the GAA is the new opposition party. They throw a tantrum and they end up getting their own way. Madge says the Irish is a nation we seem to be ungovernable. Objections everywhere. It only takes one virus to spread it on to somebody else. Everybody needs to just cop on and abide by the rules. Hi Patricia, I live in a medium sized county town. Last week it came to light one couple in town had tested positive. Their son, who's living with them, kept going into shops in town. No bother on him at all. Another man tested positive and his wife and daughter, who lives with them, swanning around town. They eventually went for testing. The son and daughter, would you believe, the entire household now has tested positive. And these are not the only ones. There may be a vaccine eventually for COVID-19, but there'll never be one for ignorance and to cop on our utter stupidity. How often have I said that? Hi, Patricia. Going to my school to pick up the children, all of of all the parents there, only two are wearing masks. 
what is wrong with these people? All talking, hopping in and out of each other's cars. Are they thick or something? And there are at least over 30 people together all gathered up at one time. Well, they don't have to wear masks if they're outside the school. And there's a number of people calling for that, saying that when we come out of this lockdown or maybe during this lockdown, that that's something else that the government or that NEFID might decide to recommend. It happens in other countries where you wear masks both in an indoor setting and an outdoor setting whereas in this country it's only when we're inside that we're asked to wear the mask. I'm wondering would people think that that would be good that we should move as other countries and wear masks all the time outside. The one thing about wearing masks outside there'll be no excuse for forgetting your mask when you go to the door of a shop you can't you know you the minute you leave your house you will put your mask on. On hairdressers and one person saying what had happened and we're hoping it is an isolated case because nobody else said that they saw hairdressers every hairdresser they went into everyone was wearing their masks I got luckily got my hair cut which hopefully it'll keep me going for the the six weeks and I had my mask on while my hair was being cut and so did Anne my hairdresser never been in where she's not wearing her mask and she even wears glasses doesn't because I was asking about the fogging up issue with the glasses but she said no she seems to be uh, doing okay and just actually on that the fogging up of of the glasses I I heard of somebody else the other day a man who had a bad fall because the glasses fogged up when he was outside uh, with the mask we're getting really good feedback from people saying do you remember we came up the other day and we asked for listener suggestions and everybody was saying you can get wipes inside the chemist that they're an anti-fog and there's another I think there's a spray you can get as well and a number of people took on board our suggestions went into the local chemist and got it and we're getting great feedback so to anybody who's struggling with your glasses fogging up pop into the chemist they've either got wipes or in some cases you can get a spray to put onto your glasses and it stops them fogging up because we don't want to be hearing of more people having falls and hurting themselves we're trying to keep everybody safe but on the hairdressers closing there's now the danger and the worry hairdressers going to people's homes somebody saying that is uh, already starting to happen and it happened during the last lockdown and people are fearful they should have left the hairdressers open because that's what will happen it goes on undercover to the black market and then you have people moving in and out of people's houses doing you know the hairdresser doing somebody's hair and you really are you get a super spreader out of that uh, fairly fairly quick for sure this lockdown is not a lockdown says this texture. it's a load of and I can't use that word so I'll just say bull selective and too loose not fit for purpose now Patricia the roads all around Cork City were alive with traffic this morning work and school traffic huge lorries all ended up being late Will that now be the routine every morning? Some carry on in the run-up to the start of winter. Micheál Martin and the rest of the government all need to get real. This lockdown will not work. At the end of the six weeks, we won't be going anywhere. We'll probably then get a proper lockdown or maybe even before that. Where we are now is a joke. So somebody doesn't think it is a proper lockdown. Another listener says, how will Christmas be saved if we're going to go from this level five to level three in December? Under level three, you have to stay in your own county. What about people who are family in other counties? You can't go to see them for Christmas. All my family, for example, live outside of County Cork. How will I have Christmas if I can't go visit my loved ones? And to a couple of people who are wondering, are the 
in particular I got two texts back to back asking about the Mallow Recycling Centre and the Civic Community Centres are they open as normal including a text in from William from Donnerhead yes all of the Civic Community sites are remaining open throughout this lockdown which is different to the last time when they didn't remain open but yes they are all remaining open The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie Kildallery Community Development their weekly lotto draw is in the local community office this afternoon at four with a jackpot of €1,300. Cove GAA are holding an online Zoom bingo. It's next Saturday night and they'll do it every Saturday night at 8pm. Tickets are available locally and you can check out Cove GAA Facebook page for full details. Hi, Simon here. As you know, Cork has a host of local and world-class brands and it's a super city for shopping. Right now, we are asking you once again to make every effort to shop locally. We'd be delighted if you could do your shopping right here in Cork. Because a thriving local economy is good for everyone. You can make it better. Shop locally and you'll save time, you'll save money and you'll help to save local jobs. Supported by McCarthy Insurance Group where you can shop local for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Support your own right now. And thank you from all of us at C103. And hi Patricia, I agree with you on shops being a bit innovative in order to remain open. If the likes of Dunn's can increase their clothes section in their grocery section, why can't the smaller retailer do the same as the bigger stores can stay in business better than the smaller shop as many of those larger ones have an online presence as well as click and collect. I say well done to the small shops who are trying to remain open. And then can we offer advice to some people who are in kind of heartbreaking situations? This one hi Patricia, I hope you and the family are well there. Thank you very much. I live in West Cork but I'm originally from Galway. I'm a frontline worker and I've not been home in weeks. My nanny is elderly and I'd love to go visit her. God forbid anything would happen to her. Would I be able to go to Galway under compassionate reasons to see her? My heart would say, yeah, get in the car and go go and see her. But by, by the strict rules and the guidelines at the moment there are to be no visits to homes or gardens. And your problem is you'd have to travel from West Cork to Galway and how many checkpoints would you meet along the way? And some of the Gardaí could wave you on when you'd explain your story and on compassionate grounds let you go. But then you could get very close to home and be turned away by another Garda who would say no, that by the strict letter of the rules and regulations under level five, you shouldn't be travelling certainly five kilometres from your home, but you certainly shouldn't be travelled to visit anybody in their home or in the in their garden. But it's yeah, I, I just I feel your pain. And then a Mitchestown granny says, Patricia, will my grandchildren be able to visit my home for trick or treating next week and come into my kitchen for a few minutes as I can't stand at the door to meet them? Thanking you. Well, trick or treating, I think, is going to be cancelled, Mitchellstown Granny, for a start. What you can do is you can go into a social bubble with one of the your grandchildren's family. Now, if your grandchildren come from five different households, you've got to pick one family. But remember, we need to get people to pick another family if you're living on your own or in any way vulnerable and get into that social uh, social bubble and hook up with another family and then you'll be able to visit between homes uh, as well. And we need to get more people doing that. But I don't know, to the Mitchellstown granny, I don't know the grandchildren, are they coming from many different houses? If they're all coming from one house, then you can get into a social bubble with them. And then, yes, of course, they could come visit. But as for the trick-or-treating, I don't think there's going to be much or any 
trick or treating going on next week. Uh, 1850 333 103. Keep your pet questions coming, please, because Jane Pickett will be joining us in a couple of minutes. But firstly, I want to go to. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. To our senior news reporter, Fiona Corcoran, she spent yesterday evening on the streets of Cork City. She was speaking to retailers and shoppers in the city ahead of the level five restrictions coming in. First, uh, Fiona spoke to two guys on their view on lockdown. I can't believe it, another six weeks. Just getting out, because we're, we're down in College Comet at the moment, there during the course, and we have a routine going down and it's gone. You know, I know, I know, it's all, health comes first, like, but I don't know, there's, there could be another way, like. Restrictions in, like, but don't lock us down completely, like, it's crazy, like, you know. I just think, you know, keep restrictions on certain things and bring introduce the fines, fair enough, like, you know, for house parties and things like that, like, but Locking down the whole country is crazy, like, I think. I think, on the opposite, I think the Irish people have failed as a society. We were asked in March to stay away from each other, keep a distance, wash our hands, wear a mask, and the amount of whinging and cribbing that's going on from people about wearing a mask. And the problem is, is I know the government are saying that the vast majority of people are paying attention to the rules. In this case, it doesn't matter if the vast majority of people pay attention to the rules. It takes one person to infect 60, as we've seen on the news, people not self-isolating when they come back. And... There's no, there's no repercussions for those people, and this is the issue. So people that are breaking, blatantly, fragrantly breaking the, breaking the laws and breaking the rules in regards to lockdown and wearing face, mask and face masks and self-isolating when they come back from holidays or coming back from anywhere, there's no repercussions, so why would they do it? The sense of entitlement, exactly, the sense of entitlement in the country has gone through the roof. 
now with their busiest time of the year are being forced to close. People who, you know, would have the build up to Christmas over November that they're not going to experience that now because a few people broke the rules. That's exactly my point. We wouldn't have to close down if people from day one had followed the rules, but they're not. So because they're not following the rules, people that have been following the rules, like me, my family, these lads here, we follow the rules. I know we have to go into lockdown and do what we've been doing since March for another six weeks because people decided they don't want that. And some people will look down on people that won't go out to house parties or people will look down on people, well, I'll do what I want, and look down on people that decide, no, I'm going to do the right thing, are being looked down on by, I don't want to use the word, no, but by these people that think they can do what they want. And the reason they think they can do what they want is because they're being left to do what they want. That's the problem. Fines that are being introduced, that that's a good idea? I would be very surprised if one single fine was issued because the court system in this country, with the rights of appeal that people have, the system, the court system in this country isn't fit for purpose. So, my name is Eddie Mullins from Fitzgerald Menswear in Patrick Street. For every retailer, it's disappointing. Shops are full of Christmas stock. But look, we are also accepting that it's for the, the public good and the common good and this has to be done. Um, so, we'll uh, batten down the hatches for a few weeks, look forward to getting back and hopefully maybe we might get back within four weeks we keep the fingers crossed what kind of an impact will it have on trade well i think obviously being closed will be decimated um for people maybe that are online they'll have some hope and obviously there's such a build-up to christmas all throughout november so we're losing that in the city as well yeah we are we're losing an atmosphere november always builds even in past years uh, October also built so but there is an intensity about December and I think it'll be all the more important this year for people to maybe shop local and maybe to stay away from Amazon um, and uh, think think about people that they know working in shops and families and their livelihoods I think people shouldn't panic that there is plenty of time in December and we'll be working extra hours and there'll be late nights and there'll be Sundays so there will be plenty of time and again we're open to facilitate anybody if they want to come in after hours if they feel vulnerable we're here to help and we're here to, to be of service Oh it's heartbreaking and uh, we're going to miss the shops and stuff and that like you know so it's going to be hard on us and people and the staff too it's hard like but you know it is very hard do you think that people are panicking now ahead of Christmas? Oh, I say people are at the moment, but, you know, as I said, you know, it's going to be hard and it's just take every day as it come. And have you got everything that you need now before Christmas or will you be doing more shopping, last minute shopping in December? I have most of it, I could say, yeah. Will you miss oh, pennies? I'll miss pennies and I'll miss other places. I'm Guyanese. <laughs> How I am, I'm Pat, I'm the store manager of Michael Guyanese. Heartbreaking, surreal, unreal. That's the right word, really. It's needed, definitely needed, but unfortunately the time of year and everything else that's involved in it, it's, it is what it is. You, know. you guys have all your Christmas stock in and decorations for the house and the tablecloths and the tea towels, so are you concerned that that stock may not sell now? No, because we have a very good, loyal customer base and I know on the 1st of December they're going to be back in Dutch robes. I have no doubt come 1st of December we'll be back with a bang and Guyanese will be back with a bang. Like, when I was growing up, December was always the busiest month, not October, November, and I think we'll be back to the 70s and the 80s, and the people will come out in Dutch robes and support cock business. Are people in a bit of a panic, shoppers, today? Possibly. I mean, our wools are flying, our cotton is flying, materials are flying off the shelf, but I think there's going to be a lot of home we'll have arts and crafts and whatever else going on for the next six weeks. But um, hopefully, in six weeks' time, it'll be back somewhere normality. You know, we've no doubt it's going to be here for a long. It's going to be here for a long time. It's not here for a short time, 
and we just have to work with it. I think I'm kind of actually getting used to it because it's been so up and down anyway. So yeah, I think it's just the way it is really, isn't it? We have to do it, so keep people safe. And were you in a panic about Christmas shopping? Or? No, actually, because I knew this would probably happen, so I did my shopping last month. <laughs> is there anything that you're going to particularly miss? Um, do you know what? I, what I probably will miss is just even the sitting out in a coffee shop, just getting that bit of time out and a bit of mental space. <laughs> to know from home a bit so I will miss that where I get to read my book I think it's something nice about being around people walking around even if you're not shopping raw routine you know you'd have a routine there every week and it's just all gone now is it you know so you know just going out for a cup of coffee with the wife and no point at the weekend and GA matches going to GA matches you know and all that kind of thing you know and, and so you've got the Smith's Toys uh, bag here yeah. you're just trying to get some last minute shopping done before the lockdown my wife has gone in there and she's she just uh, left me standing with the bag yeah yeah she does all the shopping she's organised you know what I mean John Neville, Neville Jr. I think it's unfortunate that it's going to be for six weeks. It's going to decimate retail uh, and we uh, are just getting back on our feet. Uh, I understand the health and safety of the whole thing, but I think that retail hasn't been a, a major cause of the spread of the virus because of all the precautions we've taken over the last number of months. Screens and uh, social distancing and uh, disinfectant at the doors and we've UV filters and everything for cleaning the place at night. It's, we've done everything. It, it is, it, it's important to get it right. I do think it's unfair, though, because I think anybody in retail will tell you that you know, 40% of their business is done in November, December. So we're losing one of the biggest parts of our year. Uh, and that includes like, uh, you know, fellows that supply us that are up and down the country, whether that's guys providing bags or other suppliers that we have. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a significant uh, hit on SMEs, which are the backbone of the country. Well, you can't help but have sympathy for some of the retailers. Good to hear a lot of positivity, though, in that report. Thanks to our senior news reporter, Fiona Corcoran. Quick look at some of your texts and calls in. Gerald reacting to Anne, who contacted us, missed a medical appointment because she got stuck in traffic coming from West Cork to the city this morning. Medical appointment. She's waited months for the appointment and now she's been told she can't have another appointment until January. Jura says Anne knew that there were going to be guarded checkpoints this morning. So why didn't she leave an hour earlier? Everyone got timely notice that this was coming. If you have an appointment, travel early enough. Give yourself plenty of time, says Jura, who has no sympathy today. Joan in from Oy says if they're going to go to level five lockdown, then doing properly. But with construction workers out there, schools open, many workers still going to work, sports still going on. How is this a lockdown? We have level damn all lockdown, says Joan. Then we have a situation where some hardware stores are open with garden centres, while other garden centres are closed, and when some drapery shops are closed, others are open. Open. It's not making sense at all to Joan. Helen says my daughter was walking abandoned this morning. It upset her the amount of used masks on the footpath, particularly in the town centre. Please, folks, if you're using the disposable masks, will you? throw them away properly. John and Cove says while the schools were closed we had gangs of young people hanging around all day and in the evening time so if the students are not in school together they'll just be hanging around in groups with their friends. They're better off in a controlled school environment. People need to remember you can pick up COVID anywhere. Please leave the schools open. That's John in Cove. And Eddie in Mahan picking up when I mentioned that the highest place in the country now for COVID-19 is Cavan. They have a thousand 
thousand per hundred thousand of the population. It really is a dangerous situation in Cavan. But Eddie making kind of making tongue in cheek remarks, saying the rest of the country will be safe if all of the COVID nineteen is in Cavan, uh, because Cavan people wouldn't give you anything. They're known for being notoriously uh, mean. Hi, Patricia. This is some of your WhatsApps in. Could we start a petition, please, to extend the five kilometres to ten kilometres? Civil servants and politicians who live in Dublin have no idea that 5k in rural Ireland gets you nowhere. My nearest town, for example, is 11, 11 kilometres away. That's from Anne. And if your nearest town is 11 kilometres away and you need to get your, your nearest town to shop, you can, you will, you're not in any way breaching the restrictions. The five kilometres is more to do with exercise and to stop people moving around from house to house or going visiting people. But for essential travel and essential travel and does include going to the shops. So you'll be OK uh, with that. That's a question for Jane. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, Patricia, the test and trace system failed last weekend. The Taoiseach and Minister for Health did not know about this and learned this from the Irish Times. You couldn't make this up, could you? People's lives are at stake here. That's from John. Hi, now that we're back to level five, is social welfare still weekly payments or will it go back to every second week? That's from Boherbui listener. No, it's from next week. It's going weekly and then it will remain weekly. You can opt to leave it in the post office and pick it up every two weeks if you want, but it's going back weekly from next week and that's not changing. A West Cork listener. Hi, Patricia. My partner and I are living uh, alone, separate from each other, living alone, separate from each other. We're 20 kilometres apart. Can we still call? to see each other thanking you says a Cork listener yes you can you need to create a social bubble between yourself and your partner and then you form the social bubble whereby it's almost like you operate like one house so you'll be able to travel uh, to each other ideally social, the social bubble should be somebody living closer but you know if it's your partner and you're 20 kilometres apart you'll be fine uh, to visit each other's houses and why was there many cases in golf clubs says the listener when we were talking about gyms and that there was very few cases in gyms no very few cases came out of golf clubs as well and yet you can't go for a round of golf Hi our mum is in a nursing home about 15 miles away from us who thankfully are still doing window visits do you think we'll be turned around if we're stopped to go to visit I'd like to think no that on compassionate grounds that if you can stop by the Gardaí and they say where are you going and you say you're going to visit your mum in a nursing home I don't think, I personally don't think you'd be turned around, but it's a risk you're going to take because you are 15 miles is outside of the five kilometre zone. And it's dreadful to think that that's the only way you're going to get to see your mother in a nursing home is in through a window, isn't it? Ah, so many people are having such a tough time. I, my instinct would say chance it. I mean, all you can do is hope that if you do get stopped at a checkpoint, that a guard will take on board that you're doing it on compassionate grounds. 1850-333-103. We are going to turn our attention to pet questions. Jane Pickett, our resident vet, up next. If you have a question, you can call John Paul or you can text or WhatsApp me to 0862-103-103. Egg foil amok, quid then anyha is farlin. Shot eight thrower, C103 air kirkig. Is Marga Fahey on the English market, Elor Hahar Kirkui, in a will Ramesha Lahan Stali Yakas Shastoin, Lebush Dairy, Bokhari, Kanahori Aishk, Stali Glass Ree, Shapui Cafe, a Hodas Klohush, Agas Avadni Smo. Dinkor Olu Hosu the Hodil, when Sultas and Atmosphere, Nublasana, Agas Blafele, and Irgniv Shah, a hen Shirgadin Vlien, Mila Shakyad Sahotau Hocht. Mar Chuid Dud Chiat Trosele Eru Male 
Nukta, Quid Denaneha, Isfari Gorkik, C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. For C103 photos, videos and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for at C103 Cork. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And we're off to the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where we're joined by our resident vet, Jane Pickett. Uh, good morning or good afternoon to you, Jane. You're welcome. Hi there. Hi, you're very welcome. Okay, um, before we get into questions, we are into the season of bangers and fireworks and we're on a daily basis getting complaints in from people saying that it's frightening the living daylights out of their dogs and of course Halloween is next week. What, what, what do you suggest doing for nervous dogs and animals who are nervous yeah. about those loud noises? It's really difficult because it's kicked off an awful lot earlier than usual this year. So the, the period is kind of quite prolonged. Um, the nervousness really seems to rear its head every year. And for these little dogs and cats, it's a really stressful time, to be honest. Um, they don't know what's going on. They don't understand the bangers and fireworks are not a threat to them. So it's really natural for them that they're a bit freaked out by it and, and get a little bit hit up about things. Um as it seems to be dragging on for a little bit longer than usual and it's probably likely to this year, it's really more important than ever that we, we all have a little bit of kind of a, a backup plan in our minds for how to kind of ease that stress of our dogs and cats. I think the first things first is make sure that they're locked in. Um, if you hear bangers going off, it's a prime time that if your dog is out in the garden or outside the house that they might hear a bang at the wrong point and, you know, scarper and they won't know where they're going. So they're just running away headless away from this sound that they don't know what it is and they might not be able to find their way back. So make sure they're locked in, but also make sure they're microchipped. If your dog or cat is not microchipped, um, all it takes is a, a little appointment with your vet to insert a little chip. And it means that if they were, God forbid, to go missing, um, that they'd be much easier to reunite with you swiftly. Um, so that's really important. So make sure they're locked in and safe. Make sure they have a little den in the house, somewhere quiet. It doesn't necessarily have to be where all the family are because sometimes they feel like they just want a little bit of peace and quiet. They may not want to be surrounded by the family when they're nervous like this. So make sure they have somewhere quiet that's really nice and cosy. Lots of kind of soft furnishings around them to kind of dull the sound essentially. Um, So if you can make a little den, whether that be a little crate with some blankets on top of it or just a quiet little corner of the house for your dog or cat to to hang out in. To be honest, a lot of them will find their own place and usually under the bed is where they end up going. And just leave Um, them. Is that your suggestion? If they do sort of... Just leave them. Yeah. Just, Just check on them. But I think the main thing to do is we have a really big impact on them as well. So... Try and pretend nothing's happening. If you're, let's say, going to check on your dog or cat all the time and saying, oh, you know, it's okay, don't worry, don't worry, they'll interpret that as, well, my owner's worried, so clearly I very much have a reason to worry. Whereas if you just pretend that nothing's happening, put on some music in the house, some nice and calm classical music, a little bit louder than usual to kind of mask the sound, pretend nothing's happening, they'll kind of feed off your good vibes and potentially chill out a little bit. Um, it's just riding the wave of it, I'm afraid, and, and it can be really stressful. If your dog does get really dangerously anxious, speak to your vet. There are some sedative options we we do have to hand. These are not things we would use in 99% of patients. It would just not be suitable. Um, but if you're concerned, have a chat with your vet, but usually an appointment is needed, let's say, to prescribe any of those things. Okay. 
Okay, all right. Thank you for that. Okay, straight into questions. Breathe in maladvice, please, from your vet. I have two little kittens living in my back garden. They've been living there since August. I've been feeding the kittens and the mum. I've actually a little shelter out for them and I've been looking after them as best I can. I'd really like to catch and have them neutered uh, before January, if not earlier. Catching them is the issue. Says Breathe in Mallow, would you have any suggestions? Well, first and foremost, really, really well done. You know, going and getting these little kittens spayed and neutered is the best thing you could absolutely do for their lives, but also for the general cat population. There's a lot of unwanted kittens out there. Uh, I remember reading some crazy figures before, like one unneutered female eventually, after, let's say, an average lifespan of 10 years, has has a knock-on effect through several generations of over, like, 200,000 cats being born. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, So it's really important to get them neutered. Um, it may take a little bit of time to get to the point where you can catch them, particularly if they're quite wild, but it can be done. So speak to your local vet. Sometimes um, sometimes your local vet or cat charity may have what what are called cat traps um, that they can lend out, but sometimes not. It really depends on the area you're in. Potentially, if you can get anywhere near these little cats, and if they're reliably coming to be fed, um, a much nicer way to do it for them will be to buy a little cat box. Um, so a little cat travel crate, essentially. Make sure it's a nice big one, particularly if there's two cats going to be in it. And every day when you're feeding them, put the cat box in the garden, well away from where you're feeding them, and feed them as normal. The next week, move move the feeding closer to the cat box and keep moving it after every few days, closer and closer until the food is inside the cat box. And then feed them inside the cat box for a, a week or two so that you'll get to the point where someday you'll just be able to close the door. So it really is just making sure that they're not afraid of the little cat box and getting them habituated to being closer to the cat box, but also closer to you. Um, and that will work. If you really run into trouble, speak to your local vet. A lot of the time we all have some tricks up our sleeve for how we can manage these things. Um, so I'm and then sure once, sure once, you've got, once you've caught them, then you just get them into the, into the vet then. And I'm, the I'm vet, assuming during lockdown, you're doing all the normal nutrition and everything, are you? You're, you're operating as normal? Moment, yeah, at the at the moment we are kind of just doing essential veterinary services. Oh, okay. Um, so it really varies from clinic to clinic, but um, I suppose our directive is that we have to kind of maintain animal health as best we okay. can. So we are an essential service. But what I would say is, don't just land on your vet's doorstep with a cat to be neutered. That's all. We we usually will have like quite a busy day as as is lots of vet scheduled. So give them a heads up and try and book them in for a specific day. A lot of us are really understanding, particularly with wild cats, if they're booked in for a particular day and you don't quite succeed in managing to catch them, there's always room to reschedule. Okay. Um, so just all right. Make, good luck. Good luck. Good luck with it, breather. Eileen says, uh, question for Jane, please. Uh, why? My dog sneezes a lot. Now, I only have the dog for two weeks. She's a three-year-old. Seems fine otherwise, but sneezes a lot. And obviously wasn't sneezing with the previous owner. Mm-hmm. It's something since she's come to live with Eileen. Okay, this is a really interesting one. There could be a few things going on here. So it could be something in the environment, particularly if, if your little dog wasn't sneezing at the previous owner's. It might be some, like ourselves really, it might be some smell or perfume or chemical in, in the air or being used in the household that they might just be a bit sensitive or allergic to. Um, that might be new to them or it could be something in the environment they haven't encountered a particular type of dust, for example. Or it could be something a little bit more simple, like ourselves getting a bit of a runny nose um, and a cough or a cold. You know, sometimes it can be an infection, so a bacteria or a virus that they may have caught and it may, may well blow itself over. 
I think as long as the dog is really, really well in itself, if it settles down and the sneezing stops in the next few days, there's probably nothing to be concerned about. But if it's dragging on, I definitely advise being checked with your vet. Because there are some nastier things that can cause, let's say, a sneezing, whether it be, let's say, something stuck up the nose. So cats and dogs are actually really good at getting stuff stuck, stuff stuck at the back of the nose, just on top of the, of the soft palate. And it can just cause this really kind of scratchy, irritating um, feeling that they feel they constantly need to have a sneeze. Um, but sometimes it can be other things, let's say a lump or a bump or a little polyp. that sometimes can be serious, sometimes not so serious. So I'd say if it's settling, great. And if it's not a problem after a few days, fabulous. But otherwise, I'd pop to your vet just to get it checked out. It could be something simple, but it's best to check. Okay. And hi, uh, Jane, a 13-year-old chihuahua in great form. Lately, his left ear seems to be giving him trouble. It seems very itchy. No odour coming from. It's not weeping in any way. I've checked it. Can't see anything. It doesn't feel hot or anything. Is there anything I could do to help him out? He just keeps itching it with his hind leg. Other than that, he's fine and mad for fun. Should I be concerned? <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear he's in good form anyway. Um, it sounds like you've done a really good job of kind of checking checking around the ear, making sure you can't see anything coming out of it. So well done for doing that. Uh, make sure he's up to date with all of his usual parasite control, although given that it's one ear, it's less likely to be, let's say, a parasite as such. Although very occasionally we can get kind of infestations of ear mites down one ear and not the other, but that wouldn't be the usual course of events. I think that this little dog needs to go for an ear checkup. So I really think that we'd need to look down the ear with a little tool called an otoscope so that we can look at the lower part of the ear that wouldn't be visible to the naked eye without that tool, but also to assess this little thin film membrane to separate the outside ear from the inside ear. Um, and it's kind of like the eardrum, essentially, just to make sure that that looks okay and that there's not a problem where there's been any tear in that and there might actually be an infection much deeper inside the ear um, or a problem much deeper inside. So I really think that this little, this little dog... Will yeah, dogs don't scratch for no reason. There's, there's something going exactly. on there. All right, there's okay. something. Listen, have a good week and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for that, Jane. You too. Thank Good afternoon. You. Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket. Just a quick text in to say to remind customers who they're going to any of the country markets or the farmers markets that they are operating as uh, normal selling all the usual lovely foods and of course a lot of those farmers markets are on tomorrow. I've got to leave you there. My thanks to John Paul for taking your calls today. We're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 on to the night. Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Nick is next. C103 has identified many advantages to wearing a face mask. Save time and money by only having to do your eye makeup. Forgot to shave? No problem. You're covered. It's easier to avoid an ex because they probably won't recognise you. However, the main reason for wearing a face mask is the most vital to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. We're masking for a friend. Thank you from C103. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.